Let's spend a few minutes here with uh, the spirit of holiness. We've been talking about that, how the Holy Spirit, uh, we looked at the anointing. We've also now been looking at the spirit of holiness. And he uses the word. We looked at that quite a bit last week. And he uses grace to train us in godly living. So let's go to Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Look at this in verse 12. It is grace teaching us. And that word teaching there is discipline. It's uh, Hebrews 12, 6, same word that God disciplines those he loves. So the grace of God, which is a person, Christ himself, teaches us to deny ungodliness, worldly lust, that we live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope of his coming. He gave himself for us that he might redeem for us uh, redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. Boy, that's powerful. He purified for himself you. You, you were not going to present yourself to him. So he presented you to himself and purified you for himself. That means it's pretty good work. Zealous for good works. Amen? Zealous to do good. At our workplace. Like, I love what the Lord was just giving Brian this morning about let's just, let's be light and salt. Let's, let's quit, you know, complaining something that God's given you as a blessing and you're, you're treating it as a burden. Verse 15, speak these things, exhort, rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. I'm just going to touch on this just a little bit because I don't have much time. But if grace isn't teaching you and training you and empowering you unto holy living, you're either, number one, not hearing him talk to you because Christ himself will train you and teach you via the spirit of holiness into holy living. So if, if you've got a grace that's not unto holiness, but some kind of grace that you just wipe your sin off your feet and casually move on, you got, you got the wrong thing. You're, you're either not listening to him speak to you or, like I'm saying, you have a deception, a faulty belief of what grace is. Grace is not a free ticket to heaven. And like I said, that he just dusted the sin off your feet. Thank you very much. Carry on. Grace, man, empowers you to holy living, to godliness. It's right, right here in the scriptures. And then uh, thirdly, if you don't have a grace that's unto holiness, then you didn't get grace that brings salvation. What are you saying? I'm, I'm not born again? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> If you've got some concept of grace or there's no unction in you, we talk about this all the time, there's no unction in you to live uprightly in the present age or that when you do a big piece of stupid, you're immediately convicted, then yes, you need to get born again. Because when I used to sin before Christ, I didn't care I was sinning. Now I can't get away with anything. I know immediately. Come on, somebody. Amen. Well, what is that? It's the spirit of holiness. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. Amen. Grace is not a doormat that we use. Grace is King and Lord, conforming us to the only image we were ever cre created to bear, and that's His. So don't disconnect grace from holiness. Amen. They work together. True grace doesn't just remove the guilt of sin. He actually forms you inwardly in such a way. He works on you so inwardly that you become someone who routinely does what He says. That's the work of grace on the inside of you. And that's the power of the new covenant economy we talk about 
Here, uh, where is it? Which side of it? On the green sign. Right there. We live under God's new covenant economy. The new covenant economy is a grace that forgives. Everybody said amen. But it's a grace that transforms. It's a grace that empowers us to be God's image-bearing sons. That when people see us, they can see Him because His DNA, His very Son, is on the inside of us. We get our identity from Him, not from the world, not from our performance. We get it from Him and who the the Spirit and the Word, grace and truth, tells us we are. And so we disciple others. We invest Christ into other people. We spend time with them. We put God on display. I'm going to say this and I can move on to the next one. The presence of grace is indicated by the presence of transformation. If, if, there's, if there's no conforming to the image of God's Son, you didn't get grace. I don't know what you have. The presence of grace is indicated, evident by the presence of transformation and holiness. Otherwise, it's not grace. Grace transforms. Grace moves you, guides you into holiness, conforms you into His image Don Wheeler says it this way, grace works. <laughs> grace works. Amen. Grace is different than mercy. Mercy is when you didn't get what you should have got. But grace is different. Grace is you got him when you didn't deserve him. Mercy is you didn't get what you deserved. Grace is you got grace that you did not deserve. All right, Romans six 12. I'm just going to blow through these super quick. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it. Did you know sin speaks to you? Sin dwells in the old earth suit. It's in there. Romans, Read Romans 6 and 7. It's in there. It speaks. So don't obey its voice. There's another voice, hopefully in there, the Spirit of Christ. Obey Him. You guys, does sin ever speak? You bet it does. Don't let sin reign in your body that you would obey it. Don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. How many of you know you're not who you used to be? Now your members belong to Christ. So just present them to, as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under law. You're under grace. Everywhere I see law, I always put in parentheses next to it, self-effort. I'm not under the law of independent Steve trying to be holy. Steve is not separate from Christ. I'm under grace. I'm married to him. I've got his last name. He's on the inside of me. (laughs) I've got his resources. So because I'm alive from the dead, I'm a new creation, sin doesn't have a dominating effect on Steve anymore. I used, I used to have no choice but to obey it. But now I'm not under the law of independent self-effort trying to get to God. I am under grace. I am one with His Spirit. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. He came and got me. Amen? People are like, God, come down and save us. He's already down by His love. He came 2,000 years ago. Amen. Grace is not a remedy for sin. It's the power to overcome sin. Don't make it your goal. Let's grow up. Everybody say, let's grow up. Don't make it your goal to manage your sin. My goal today is I'm going to go all day without telling a lie. Boy, that was, that was big time. Good job. How about you walk all day with the one who is truth? 
Because if we're not careful, religion will say, let's hold down the flesh. That's the goal. Let's try not to do too many dumb things today. How about, how about instead of that, you live in the fullness of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. The fruit byproduct of the Spirit in you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and gentleness. There's nine of them. How great is that? And then what does he say after that? Who knows it? Against, against such things. Good job. Will. Against such things, there is no law. If you look that up, what he's literally saying is, don't restrain any of the fruit. Amen. Go great guns in love. Don't restrict it. Don't restrain it. Love, joy, peace, patience. Just let her rip. Amen. Now, doesn't that sound better and fuller than, well, I'm trying to go all day without doing something wrong. Holiness is you exuding the character of Christ. It's not your attempts to not do something stupid. That's not holiness. I mean, I'm glad you went all day and you didn't tell a lie. But if you didn't exude the one who is truth to not one person, what did you really do? Except give yourself an attaboy. Am I preaching good? It's not okay for me to hope you guys are content with Sunday messages. But rather my contentment comes in knowing that you're growing up in all aspects into Christ. That you're knowing Him, you're showing Him, and you're sowing Him. That's where our contentment comes from. That you're abiding, walking in His ways, and doing His works. That you're knowing Him, showing Him, and sowing Him. It's not enough that, hey, way to go, Brother Steve, that was a great message. I want you growing in Christ. I want your family, when they see you, to see Him. Fair enough? Last piece, and then we'll get to communion. But it's a little bit, a little bit long, so I'm not promising like five minutes. Okay, <laughs> give me a little bit of time. I'm in my office on Thursday morning, and uh, I went to First Thessalonians chapter five. And the Spirit of the Lord, I started reading it. The Spirit of the Lord came upon me. I mean, I, I, it was tangible. And as I began to read First Thessalonians five, the Spirit of the Lord spoke this to me. And I wrote it down. He said, Steve, Grace Church has come to a turning point. We have made the turn of the Lord and decided to go forward into maturity, into the meat of the word, into the Lord's command to live godly in the present culture, to lay down all other idols and let Jesus Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit be our only source and true love. Praise God. I'm I'm so proud of you all, and I mean that in a, in a righteous sense. I mean, Ray Charles could see <laughs> that you all are growing. You are. Yesterday, the first 45 minutes of prayer shield, Scripture after Scripture, I'm reminded of, I'm hearing this. The Lord says this, and they were all rooted in Scripture. Ron Bridges said, we could have just recorded that segment, and that could have been the message. Guys, that happens when people are maturing in Christ. And we have made this turn. There's a war going on right now in our country, a spiritual war. And we have made the decision, amen, that we're going into maturity. We're going into the meat of the word. We're going to go into the Lord's command to live godly in the present culture. Even like what was happening with Brian. And then we prayed for everybody in the room that was in that camp. I don't want to just go to work and just... Whatever will be, will be, or get through the day. I want to be light. 
I want to be salt. I want to be living with the weapons of his warfare mighty through me. Amen, somebody? Now, what's an idol? I asked the Lord that. An idol is anything that you're deriving source from instead of him. That's an idol. In other words, uh, yeah, I'm getting all my joy and peace and happiness from this. Well, you need to lay that down. And then um, an idol is also something that owns your deepest affection that should, be, should belong to him. I'm not saying don't love your spouse. I'm not saying that. That's biblical. <laughs> you should try it. <laughs> But He owns the deepest recesses of our passions and our love and affection. Amen? Amen. So let's get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And then we'll take communion together. Now concerning how and when all this will happen, brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. You know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying peaceful and everything's peaceful and secure, then disaster falls on them suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin and there'll be no escape for them. Verse 4, But you are not in the dark about these things. Dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes as a thief, as a thief for you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness. Amen, somebody. Amen. We don't belong to night. We are children of the light. And then verse 6, So be on your guard. Do not be asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Remember us having the uh, word about the ten, ten virgins and the oil in the lamps last week. Be clear-headed. Be alert. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. Everybody say, Confidence. We're wearing the helmet, uh, the confidence as a helmet, the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out His anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when He returns, we can live with Him forever. How about that? Reminded of Matthew 10, 28, Jesus said, Do not fear those who can only kill the body. Don't fear them. Don't fear those who can only kill the body. Fear the one that deals with body and soul. Fear the one that deals with body and soul. Verse 11. So encourage each other and build each other up as you're already doing. Community is important in an army. In an army. I mentioned there's a war going on. There's fiery darts going on. People are being wounded. People are needed, needing strengthened. Things happen in this natural world. What am I saying? I mean, we need each other. And as an army, we need to be present and on active duty, not on R&R 24-7, keeping to ourselves. Well, it's just all about me. If I hear that my Christianity is just all about me one more time, it's not about you. You're enlisted. If you're born again, you're part of Company C. Company Christ. Amen? People are being wounded. It's not enough for you to say, well, I'll just keep to myself. I got mine. I'm good. No. No. There's people who get wounded who might need that word in due season from you. 
That's what it is to be part of an army. And I think people lose sight of that in the Western church culture that they don't realize there's a war going on and we need each other. We have to learn what it is to be part of a community and be on mission together. That we help each other. Is this making sense to you? And of course, I'm speaking to everybody who's here today, so (laughs) may or may not even apply to you. Maybe you're all fully invested in one another and so forth. But what the admonition is, is let's help each other and please don't fall for the deception. It's only you. It's not only you. When he looks in this room, he sees one Christ. Not, Not 200 and whatever Christ. He sees one some of you are an arm. Some of you are a foot. Some of you are a leg. Some of you are a kidney, my goodness. The kidney can't say to the body, I'm taking the day off. <laughs> you guys don't need me today. I'm just keep to myself over here. My goodness. Some of you are the armpit. The toenail. I didn't name any names. Our own sign says down there on the road, I don't know if you saw it, Christ sourced and others minded. That's, that's the body of Christ and company C. We're part of a greater, a greater body, a greater family. It doesn't say me focused and me minded. But that's what happened in the West. Christianity is about me. How do I get my blessing on? How do I take care of me? I I mean, on Facebook, my goodness, how many people are always saying, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. That's true. But you don't go to church. You are the church. You're somebody's kidney. Wake up. What are you thinking? You, You got born again to celebrate your own salvation, your own ticket to heaven. You got baptized into the body of Christ. You're part of a whole. You're part of Company C. You're not some island unto yourself. Back in John the Baptist and Jesus' day, then water baptism was huge. When they got baptized, that was not, not, yay, let's celebrate Bill's personal salvation. He's going to heaven when he's dead. He was enlisting. His life was on the line. He said, I believe this to my core. Baptize me. And enlist me in the body of Christ and the advancement of the kingdom of God. Come on, give him praise in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. A prayer shield. We'd repented of the pride of life and uh, independent spirit. That was just a month ago. We were repenting of that. We repented, Lord, forgive us for not relying on you and living independently of you and each other. Not having a proper, healthy fear of the Lord. Amen. We repented of seeing the anointing as common. That there's really nothing special about Christ in us. That's a lie. We repented of words with no action. We repented of religious traditions and routinisms that void what God wants to do in our heart in the present tense. We repented of complacency and apathy. And then, boy, we had a strong word from the Father. He said, you are not tarrying for my second coming. You're tarrying for the great awakening. I am not here to forfeit the world or Choctaw to the devil. As long as we're here and the Spirit of God is here, you got the blood, you got the word, you got the kingdom, you got the Spirit. Hey, let's advance God's kingdom in our community. Amen? We're not relinquishing anything to the enemy. 
The Lord said, rally together as a church to break the oppression. Come on, somebody. The Lord said, do not tolerate it. The oppression that's around you, don't tolerate it. Liberty has been secured already, so stand in it, walk in it, run with it. And the Lord said, let my all-consuming fire unite the body to serve me together. And then He said, you're well able to take the land. We be able. Everybody say, we be able. Isn't that, is that King James Version? All right, I better, I better get cracking. Verse 12. Brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the work. They work hard among you so, and give you spiritual guidance, so honor them. Show them great respect. Show them wholehearted love because of their work and live peace, peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Boy, this is a stout passage, isn't it? The word lazy there means unruly. It's kind of like a military term that means they're out of alignment. They're not aligning with the captain's guidelines. And yet it's translated here in New Living Translation as lazy. But we have to come into alignment as an army because... We've got those who are in boot camp, and praise God for that. They're learning to rely on Christ. They're learning to love. They're learning their identity in Christ, who they are through experiential relationship with Christ. And then we've got others on active duty in alignment with the Lord. Verse 15, never repay evil for evil. Do good to each other. Do good to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for you who belong to Christ. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Don't scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. And now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. Woo! Isn't that good? Now you can see why the Spirit of the Lord came upon me when I was reading this. The Lord is activating His army. That's so good. One other word I want to give you. And then we'll take communion. I encourage you to read Romans 12. Out of the Passion Translation. It's super good. It came out yesterday in prayer shield but glenda lingo had this word and i want to close with this after yesterday prayer shield we did a lot of ministry for those that were affected by the shooting friday night glenda said to me grace church is a greenhouse steve where younger tender plants can grow the lord says set the climate how many of you know atmosphere matters amen, amen. Atmosphere matters. And I understand sometimes you may come in and you're struggling. But man, when those days aren't, when you're not battling those days, come in with Christ-mindedness. And let's set the culture and the climate. Number two, provide the nutrients. Number three, provide the protection for them. And then the Holy Spirit will water. The Holy Spirit will water. And this will be a greenhouse where the young plants can grow and mature in Christ. Not ten minutes later, I got a text message. And the word said, I see new life at Grace Church. The Holy Spirit is cultivating an atmosphere of growth through the anointing and assignment he's giving Grace Church. So, I mean, it's like the Lord saying, Steve, don't miss it. Hello. Hey, what Glenda said, it's true. Will you stand with me?